Welcome, everybody, to episode 20 of the WP Mainline Podcast for Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. I'm your host, Jeff Chandler, joined by Malcolm Peralti. Malcolm, sir, gobble, gobble. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only for you Americans. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You already had your Thanksgiving. That's right. It's like a full month ago. Yep. Well, it's our turn now, buddy. <laughs> Very much enjoying, looking forward. This is my favorite time of the year. Uh, we've got uh, some stuffing, homemade stuffing. We've got broccoli and cheese casserole, which is basically just broccoli and cheese brownies, so to speak. They're very good. I got deviled eggs in the fridge. We've got homemade pumpkin pie roll. We've got a, a, a smoked roasted turkey from the Honey Baked Ham Company. And what else do we got? Oh, she's gonna. My wife's gonna make some candy yams. We've got pumpernickel bread. And uh, the only people who's gonna be here tomorrow is me, my wife, and Smokey. So you know. Wow. <laughs> That is quite the feast. We're covered for the weekend, I think. <laughs> I was I was actually talking to uh, my coworker, and one of the things that I brought up was just how big of a deal Thanksgiving is in the states. And uh, he said, you know, Christmas is kind of more for the kids, and Thanksgiving is kind of more for the adults. So that's why it's kind of treated as this, you know, bigger event. Um, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you agree? Like, is Thanksgiving bigger than Christmas in in a lot of households? Well, let's put it this way: I think Thanksgiving is the holiday that generates the most sales of alcohol during the year. So I don't know, take that for what you will. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I suppose uh, I think, uh, I don't know, man. I just love Thanksgiving because you're almost guaranteed to have a good meal somewhere. You know, if it's not right. a relatives, a friend's house somewhere, it's, it's always, it's always this time of year where you just, Hopefully you, you, you take a step back and you give thanks and you're thankful and you think about the good in your life and, and, and the good of others and helping out others and kind of all of that stuff. And, and Christmas for me, is just uh, my birthday is on December 21st, which, by the way, is the darkest day of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my apologies for that. But, uh, you know, I couldn't help it. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, when I was growing up for Christmas, I, I can never my birthday present. It was, it was mostly like a leftover or extra Christmas present. No, I never really got right. my due. No, being a Christmas baby sucks <laughs> <laughs> or somewhere around Christmas. But but in terms of family, I don't know. I, I think they're both, you know, you're, Thanksgiving is a big deal. And uh, I don't know. I just, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, by the way, folks, oh, man, there I, you know, I'm, I got to figure out a different three words to say. I keep saying, by the way, like I'm forgetful or something, but uh uh, my apologies again to, I was supposed to be on the uh, State of WordPress news panel last Friday. Uh, it was hosted by David Bissett and the post status team. I think Dan Noss was a part of it. There's a lot of people who were a part of it and I know showed and, you know, I woke up and it was about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and people were text messaging me saying, are you okay? Are you okay? I actually suffered a pretty, I wouldn't say severe, but it was very uncomfortable and very unwanted uh, anxiety attack on Friday morning, which kind of took me out for the rest of the day. Uh, and I only had I would one... call that severe. Okay. Well, it's, it was, it was severe. And uh, I only have one pill left and I didn't want to use the pill. And uh, I was talking to you about this on Twitter, you know, getting anxiety meds in the United States now is becoming a giant pain in my ass. Mm-hmm. I have to now go through a behavioral therapist and then after I talk to them, I then have to schedule an appointment and actually go physically see my doctor. And then after that, I might get the prescription of meds that I need. And I don't know, it's 
starting to seem to me like the, the, the pills I need, I'm not selling them. I need them. I only use them for if I feel like an attack's coming on that I can't control. What they do is it's, it's 0.5 uh, milligrams lorazepam. And just slows my heart rate down and it allows me to, to get control of myself. And uh, it seems like they're starting to treat them as like opioids or something, man. They're federal regulations and they're getting nuts. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's I mean, I, 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 it shouldn't be over the counter and all that, but I mean, it should be, it should be that I should message my doctor and say, I'm running out. Can you renew my prescription? She says, okay, here you go. And it should be that simple, but it's not. Yeah. They fax it to the pharmacy and you're good to go kind of thing. Yeah. Well, so I'm working know. on I'm working on getting some pills, but it's been such a pain in the ass that I haven't even I haven't even uh, scheduled an appointment with the behavioral therapist yet. <laughs> so, so maybe I should work on that. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not as lucky as Malcolm here being married to a behavioral therapist. <laughs> wow, she's she's an undergrad in psychology. I there you go. Call it the same, but yeah. yeah well, I don't know. Well, you got therapy is, right there, lucky. right there on your side, right right by your side. You got some therapy. I mean, I'm sure your your wife could give you some therapy too if you wanted. Uh, <laughs> Tell you everything wrong with you. <laughs> All right, so there it was a uh, big week in uh, in the news department as far as WordPress and cons- is concerned. Let's start off with the big story, and that is GoDaddy breached. Uh, now, this was an article published by WordFence. Uh, they were the ones who sort of were first on the scene with this, but uh, according to a report filed by GoDaddy with the SEC, uh, an attacker initially gained access via a compromised password on September 6, 2021, and it was discovered on November 17, 2021, at which point their access was revoked. So while the company took immediate action to mitigate the damage, the attacker had more than two months to establish persistence. So anyone currently using GoDaddy's managed WordPress product should assume to be compromised until they confirm that is not the case. So we're talking about upwards of 1.2 million uh, customers, and that doesn't even begin to account for the the customers of those customers that could potentially be affected by this issue. Uh, now, it appears that GoDaddy was storing SFTP credentials either as plain text or in a format that could be reversed into plain text. Uh I learned today uh, from from some folks on the inside that they definitely were not storing the passwords in plain text. So uh, I I can confirm that, Uh, but they were storing them in a way that made it essentially the same thing. Uh, So what they did was instead of, um, uh, instead of using best practices, uh, like using a salted hash or a public key, both of which are considered industry best practices for SFT, TP, uh, the uh, plain text passwords allowed an attacker direct access to password credentials without the need to crack them. So this is bad news. This is just bad news all the way around, especially on the week of, of Black Friday. This affects managed WordPress hosting company uh, customers on GoDaddy. Uh, let's let's see, Media Temple, uh, TSO Host. 123Reg, Domain Factory, Heart Internet, and Host Europe. So it's not just GoDaddy, but it's a whole collection of resellers and other folks under the GoDaddy umbrella. So what you should do, and I think uh, GoDaddy has already, GoDaddy's already been doing this, is reset your passwords, reset your for, for, for your WordPress database, for your user account. Um, if you have customers, you should probably reset their uh, passwords as well. 
because uh, an, an attacker with that amount of time, they could have installed, you know, maybe a rogue plugin. They could install malware. They could have installed or uh, just logged the information down in case they needed it uh, for a later date. So this is just bad all the way around. And it, it doesn't, uh, it's, 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 it dawns on me, you know, when I was uh, thinking about the show today, I'm like, oh, this is this is this is bad news. This is big news, but it's bad news. And yet, GoDaddy sponsors the show. So, how weird is it going to be talking about this news story? And then a few minutes later, I'm telling people, hey, go over there and be a customer. Uh, this, <laughs> you know, it's so today. I've decided that it's just too uncomfortable. I'm not going to do that. Uh, GoDaddy's going to get what they paid for in terms of sponsoring the show, but not today. Yeah, I mean, as I said to you before the show, this happens in the biggest companies all the time. Not all the time, but often enough, right? Like this is not security incidents happen, but but yeah. in this way, in, in when it involves being able to retrieve passwords or login credentials in plain text, this is really bad. Yeah, I agree. I, you know. I will say though that um, these kinds of issues are always more complicated than they appear on the surface. Like you mentioned, they likely weren't stored as plain text, which means that they were like hashed in a way that you could figure out what the hashed values were, or like you know reverse any kind of basic encryption that was being used, or what have you. Um, I think the more interesting part about this, and the thing that makes me kind of scratch my head, is why like even with press titan we don't store like our our servers are all separate like the access and controls are all separate everything is separated like even if you gained access to my email let's say um you would still only be able to gain access to like the presstitan.com website and maybe like one or two other projects um there's no single login or single place where we have all of this data so you know, it makes me scratch my head why a company as big as GoDaddy would store all of this stuff in a, you know, consolidated place where you could get like 1.2 million sites affected. I, like that's where I kind of get confused. Well, I don't know if it was all, you know, consolidated well, into an area. I, th- I think yeah, it's the yeah. provisioning system. Right. Um, and, and again, I would just say like, okay, you know, maybe that's an easy point of failure to fix going forward. Right. So like, don't have a single central provisioning system to do all the managed WordPress sites or um, store these credentials in a secure way, <laughs> which, well, which, sure. are, which there are already a standard or industry best practices to do that with. Uh, or even you know, my, my question is this raises a lot of questions. Like this was from, I think from the sec filing, it said this was based on legacy code or legacy systems that they had in place. So the, the question I have is, there had to have been people on the inside employees who have known about these security issues or known about this risk. And they've just been, how, how, how has this been able to go on for this long without it being addressed? And now this ends up happening. You know, I'm, I'm very interested to read in the postmortem about this, if they even published one as to how this all came about, there had to have been yeah. people known on the inside that known that this was, this is an issue and it was going to, it was going to be uh, something like this was going to happen at some point if it wasn't addressed. I mean, I would like to assume that that is not the case. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, let's. Okay. Some good Look at you. Intentions best intentions. Listen, yeah, best intentions. I mean, again, it kind of comes down to, for me, like there's some sim- very, very simple things that they could have done to mitigate this risk. And I'd like to think that if 
someone with decision-making authority knew about it, someone would have made that choice. Like for, for instance, I, I don't know about you, but a lot of the sites that I use require 2FA to log in. Wouldn't their provisioning system likely do that? I mean, even logging in the most GoDaddy stuff these days, I need 2FA like to manage domain names or manage hosting accounts. So uh, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of like, yeah, I don't even think uh, 2FA is required. I think that's something that the user has to, or the customer has to implement. Right. But I mean, I'm talking about like their provisioning system. How does that not have 2FA Mm. controls in place? Right. So even if you did store this data uh, in a way that could be exported easily in plain text, let's say um, like, you know, make sure that it's difficult to get access to that system, set up access control systems. So only certain people have logins, um, flag things. If there's logins outside of standard times that a person would log in, like there's a lot of very simple security things that they could have done to really kind of reduce this risk. And the length of access is also kind of concerning to me. Yeah. Um, you know, being able to have access to a system like that for over two months, like that is a lot of time to be able to walk around and export data and, and see what's going on. And how did they not trip some kind of security thing in just in general, right? How do they not trip some kind of security thing over the course of two months of being able to log into this system? So do you have any uh, sites or clients hosted on, on GoDaddy? Because um, no. uh, you should probably change your passwords. Actually, no, we do not have any right. sites currently using managed WordPress hosting on GoDaddy. Take, take a deep um, breath, take a sigh of relief. Yeah, I mean, but again, like, even if we did, none of the clients that I'm typically working with are a big deal in that respect. Like, it'd be very easy to change that. I think anyone that's, yeah. you know, running an e-commerce site or any kind of like... That's where it gets um, tricky. PII, like the personally identifiable or identification information or whatever, like your personal information. Um, if you're running like a, a, you know, like a health center or even a gym or any kind of e-commerce site, like you might actually be legally required depending on where you live yes. to notify all of your customers, not just ones that may have been like transacting during the time of access, but all, like of them. all of them. And that, that like that business burden is going to be very interesting. And I highly doubt a lot of the, the sites that have kind of have this issue will do <laughs> that. <laughs> so again, we don't know what the follow-up actions are going to be. We don't know what's going to happen with this whole thing. I, I feel like this is going to make waves for quite some time as this all gets sorted out. And, uh, you know, again, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, GoDaddy for their managed WordPress sites push heavier on, on 2FA. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe 2FA would now actually be like a requirement, which right. uh, probably wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, I've got 2FA turned on practically for everything that I deem important. Uh, let me tell you, Two uh, FA is a pain in the ass if you lose your phone or switch phones. <laughs> I can confirm that. But I know I guess there's different apps or different things you can use to make it less of a pain. But that, I don't know. Yeah. Every time I do it, it's still a pain. Yeah, I like, like uh, for, for I'm in the Google ecosystem, so I'm using the Google Authenticator app and moving that from phone to phone has been. Yeah, usually, usually I uh, got it set up to do like just a text message. So as long as my phone number is in there, it doesn't matter what my device is. I can still get the code, and I use both email and uh, text message. Right for uh, for that instead of using an authenticator app because I got one time I had to go through such a long process to get the authenticator app to on a new device that I was I was just like I can't do this this is not good <laughs> no I'm I'm locked it works so well I'm locked out of my own accounts yeah. I can't I can't get access to them uh, you know I feel for the uh, GoDaddy employees you know I, I know a lot of them uh, you know the, the 
it's got to be rough. You know, they, they, they just had the page. They had a big announcement You know, they got acquired by GoDaddy. Everything was looking great. And then this week comes around and bam, you know, we get this bombshell dropped and it's like, Oh, you know, that feeling. Oh, and then during a the week of uh, black Friday, you got all your e-commerce customers on your management. Oh, it's just, yeah. you know, you know, it's not, not a good situation for, for anyone. No, I agree. It's going to be, but very- as time will pass, things will get better. The yep. sun will pop out and we'll and move learn. on and yeah, yeah. they'll learn and we'll, we'll move on. And, you know, at some point in the future, there will be uh, headlines of a different web host that has a major security incident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's just a, it's just a matter of when, not if. Yep. Uh, so speaking of WordPress, uh, there is a, oh, the WordPress uh, 2021 survey is available to take. If you visit WordPress.org, there's a banner up at the top. And uh, I've actually, in the link I clicked, it actually says it's in English. So I think it's available in different languages, which is pretty cool. And if you go through the survey, you can answer various questions about how you use WordPress and other information. And that will be shared on the uh, WordPress.org news blog. Uh, so it's, it's always cool to, to get that kind of information. And the more responses to that survey, the better, the, the better look we have at the uh, sort of WordPress ecosystem in general. And I haven't taken the survey yet, but I plan on doing that because uh, I don't mind being a statistic. <laughs> uh, speaking of WordPress 5.9, there was a video that was published the other day. Um, I noticed this sometimes, and this hasn't been the first time it's happened, but the WordPress Facebook account uh, sometimes publishes videos of a new version of WordPress, like a preview video. And I cannot, it's not published anywhere else. And I was like, when I saw this and, I, and it said introducing WordPress 5.9, I said, wait a minute, WordPress 5.9 is going to be released for at least another month. Is this a mistake? Is this an intro video? Is this, what is going on here? So I watched it and it's essentially a preview video of what you can expect in WordPress 5.9. It's actually a well done video that shows off full site editing, being able to edit the nav area, the nav block of your website uh, through the editor. Uh, but what the highlight for me was the style. So being able to select different styles of your theme and being mm-hmm. able to change your topography and your colors, and have uh, wide, which I, which I thought was really nice because now you can have a theme, you can create a couple of different styles, and depending on how you feel during that time of the year, you just you know, give your site a little bit of that new look and feel without overly changing everything, like the layout and whatnot. And I was talking about this before the show with uh, with somebody about. Do you remember? Back in the days of Zen Garden, and Zen yep. Garden was all this. Check out what we can do with just CSS. Yep. And I and I remember there were conversations in the WordPress community with default themes, saying with the idea of trying to do the Zen Garden approach, but with the default theme, so you could uh, easily uh, switch themes in and out. It's just CSS, and then you can have a new look and feel without really, you know, changing everything. And then there were child themes, but child themes to me made a, an almost as many changes, you know, it could change the layout. It could change the look and feel. It was almost like a full theme, even though it was a child theme. So it's kind of funny that it just seems like it's taken us all this time to get to the point where if you just wanted to do simple typography changes and colors, just to kind of spice things up on your site. Uh, now you don't have to install a child theme or whatnot. You can, hopefully your, your main theme will come with styles and you can just select the style from within the full site editor and it's applied and it looks good and everything's golden. You know what it made me think of though? Um, remember when people used to do like different, uh, 
you know, add snow to their designs for winter or Christmas. Oh, or whatever, it's snowflakes. about that time of year. Yes. Yeah. So like, I wonder if I'll be able to like set up styles pro- programmatically, like using like the functions.php file and like have like, you know, different designs or looks based on maybe the time of day mm. or the time of year or, or those kinds of things. So, you know, and just, again, not changing the layout, just changing kind of which styles, like which CSS set or color set or type sets that I use for my you, site. You know, it would be cool as if I had a light theme and a dark mode theme and based on the time, as you say, program, programmatically, uh, the, the style could be applied based on the time of day. You want users yeah, exactly. wouldn't need to switch. It wouldn't need to be a, a setting stored as a cookie or whatnot on the site. Mm-hmm. Mm. You got the you got the brain going, sir. That would be cool. I bet you, I bet you that's gonna be something that could be done. What do you think of like? I mean, you've watched this video. What do you think about five point nine? Do you feel like it's an exciting release? It seems like it's a pretty big release. Well, it's it's so big, it's been delayed. And right. we'll, we'll get to that, but I, I think yeah, I think five point nine because of full site editing and what that entails. And because 2022 relies on full site editing and we got the nav block and, and other things, this is like one of those milestone moments, as I've said before, where it's, it's like a cutoff point of before full site editing block themes and after full site editing block themes, you know, so it's going to be, you know, we have WordPress 5.0, you got pre Gutenberg and after Gutenberg, where this is going to be, you know, one of those big things, but for themes, you know, before FSE and after FSE. And from what I've seen in the, in the video, and I have not actually used or experimented with a full site editing block theme yet. Uh, there are a few available, but I'm kind of waiting for 5.9 to, uh, to come out and then actually start playing with themes. But uh, from what I've seen, I'm kind of anxious to get in there and, and click around and see what, I, see what I'm capable of, see how I can break things with this uh, new way of, of managing the theme. And something else that I've been thinking about too is, you know, the theme customizer? Yep. What's going to happen to the customizer in the era of full site editing? Does it disappear? Does it simply become a toggle of turning full site editing mode on or off? Or well, here's here's the you know, thing. What happens with the customizer? Of, a lot of developers use the customizer to add and store these values, yes. right? Like, so I don't necessarily see that going away anytime soon, but it definitely feels like the expectation is a a transition away from the customizer to this. I I think you know when we talk about WordPress five point nine, to me I, I'm a little bit nervous because I feel like it's. Uh, do you remember what WordPress was like when Gutenberg first came out and everyone was saying Gutenberg was kind of garbage but that was like gutenberg version 0.1 right and we have come a long way since then is this going to be full site editing version 0.1 or is this full site editing 1.0 so i i you know that question to me still hasn't been answered and i'm curious about how good how easy how fun basically that this will feel when it actually comes out release early iterate often that's what they always say i know (laughs) 1.0 is the loneliest number but you only have one chance to make a good first impression, right? I mean, look at the, uh, the oh ratings boy. on Gutenberg oh on, boy. on WordPress. Yeah, I mean, you had to bring that up, huh? Yeah. But, but you're right. You're right. Um, it, yeah, it, it did. That didn't go so well, did it? Did, no. that was, that's, what you could, that's what you consider a not warm reception. That's still what happened with, with the introduction of Gutenberg into 
WordPress. But uh, no, speaking of speaking of saving theme values, I think uh, people will be able to do that now in the theme.json file. I think the theme.json file is going to take the place of what you were able to do in the uh, theme customizer. I can't confirm that, but it seems to me like that's how it's going to work. Yep. So speaking of, uh, you know, I mentioned that WordPress 5.9 is so big that it's been delayed. Well, there's going to be a revised, or there is a revised release schedule for WordPress 5.9. The final release is now planned for January 25th. Uh, during the end of the original alpha release cycle, there were issues that arose that were related to multiple major features planned for the 5.9 release, including full site editing, uh, the navigation block, the 2022 theme, which depends on full site editing. And the 6.0 release isn't due out until April, uh, which is too long. They, the, the, the team uh, felt was too long for the community to wait for them. So after going through the list of issues, the core editor team saw that the features could ship in 5.9 with the revised schedule. And what they did is they uh, they had many discussions in terms of when and how, and they decided that the best course of action would be to delay WordPress 5.9 to include the various fixes and ship them to the community uh, by the end of January, taking into account the fact that there are less people around within the last two weeks and the first week last two weeks of December and the first week of January. And they've actually built in time so that they can actually do a fourth beta if they determine that to be necessary. Uh, so I, I don't think anyone's going to complain, to be honest, that uh, the release has been delayed from December into January. And I've brought this up before, you know, they say that deadline or deadlines are not arbitrary. I believe is what the saying is, Uh and I've always wondered, why not just have a release in January to begin with? You know, at, at January's boring month, uh, there's nothing really going on. Uh, you're, you're trying to start anew, start afresh. And by having a release of WordPress, a major version near the end of January, hey, you know, it's something to look forward to in the new year. So in December is just uh, a very, very busy time of year for, for everybody around the world. So I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't think anybody's complaining uh, and nobody, I mean, the full site editing and the other features of 5.9, they're exciting. And I think people can't wait to to check them out, but eh, what's one more month going to (laughs) do? Well, I mean, one of the big issues that I'm experiencing um, at Camber is getting engaged resources over the holiday season to make movement on things. Oh, yeah. The the big question. How's that been for you? Oh, man. Oh, man. I think the big question mark for WordPress then is, you know, let's assume no one's going to do anything meaningful in December for WordPress 5.9. Is those, are those 25 days in January enough to make that meaningful progress to put the release together? They assume yes, but I would still be interested to see kind of what the volunteer or even the like corporate sponsored hours in terms of development for WordPress 5.9 looks like over the course of like, you know, right now, basically through the end of the year. Hmm. Yeah, they, they do say that the, uh, the blockers that have been identified in the list have already been merged uh, last week and they're no longer blockers. So that's good to know. So now they can just work on bug fixes, hammering some things out and hopefully having enough time to, to take care of everything before the release in January. Yeah. And now's a good time to uh, to test. I've actually installed the WordPress beta testing plugin, and I have it set up to be uh, 
I think it's at Nightly's. So I don't know. If something breaks, I'll let you all know. <laughs> uh, the state of the word is happening. It's happening December 14th, 2021, between 5 and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At first, I thought it was going to be live streamed only, but it turns out that Automatic has a satellite office in New York City that I didn't know about. I haven't kept up on the various satellite offices that Automatic has, but it makes sense for them to have one in New York City. That's also where uh, Matt has a, uh, a place to stay. He's, he's got a home there in New York City. And you can actually request a seat to, to go there and participate and see him deliver the state of the word in person. Uh, so seats are limited to 50 attendees. You will need to fill out the uh, request a seat by Sunday, November 28th. Uh, not all requests will receive a uh, seat due to venue capacity, uh, but everyone will receive confirmation or some some form of communication on Tuesday, November 30th. And if you're planning on attending this event in person, you're going to be asked to show your COVID vaccination card at the venue entrance. So, uh, be sure you have that on your person if you uh, if you go there. But uh, you can still send in a question if you want. There's a there's a form you could submit a question during the Q and A portion of the uh, of the event. So I don't know. That's pretty cool. At least we'll be able to see or or actually hear people clapping maybe <laughs> during the state of the word. But uh, oh, that's nice of them to be able to open that up. And I imagine they'll have a little after party or get together at the at the automatic office in New York City after the event. So you know who is going. One of the people or two of the people that got uh, some of those seats uh, include Topher. Oh, really? Yeah, I think Topher and his wife are going. Oh, how about that? Nice. Yeah. Um, I am not going. <gasps> <laughs> actually, I wasn't even invited. I heard that some people got invited to, to go. They actually uh, uh, got invited to go in person. And, uh, you know, I wasn't one of them. You know, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm just washed up, man. <laughs> just, uh, but uh, I don't know. I wouldn't go anyways. I'm I'm not uh, I'm not uh, one to uh, fly or drive to New York City. That's absolutely something I don't want to do. <laughs> so I'll just sit here in my nice, comfy little home, drink a bottle of water, pet smoking, and watch the state of the word on my on my laptop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which sense. I think is what a lot of people would do. I hope so. I, I mean, fifty seats is not a lot, so it's a pretty exclusive group of people that'll be there. Um, but I do think that it does bring some kind of energy to the whole presentation to have yes. it, have people there. It's it's always a much different. Did you? Uh, I don't know if you did this, but during last year during COVID, did you ever watch any of the episodes of The Price Is Right? No, I didn't. I've watched episodes of The Price Is Right, and I've I've determined you've got to have an audience. You've got to have people screaming numbers at you, screaming dollar amounts, saying <laughs> open this door. It this show sucked without the audience. I mean, Drew Carey is a fantastic host, and they all did a great job. But not having that audience interaction and just having that hearing the uh, the recording of people applauding and whatnot it sucked. So yeah. having an audience is a huge difference maker. Especially sports venues, same thing. You no, know, not having an audience there kind of sucked. But but actually, but but now that we have all the people there, and yeah, now you hear all the cheering, and now there's fights. You know, there's fights back in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so. We'll end this show on a bit of a, uh, it's kind of made me grumpy, but I've, I've seen conversations within the past week or so 
And, you know, Carl Hancock brought this up, actually. He's, he's been talking about this on Twitter. You know who Carl Hancock is, right? Uh, yep. <laughs> and um, he's talking about pricing and FOMO deals. And if you go to a certain website, uh, they, they hit you with these uh, sale prices. And sometimes they're not even the, the sale price. There's just a lot of uh, bad mojo going around with the WordPress companies and how they present prices in their sales. And the question that was brought up was that these Black Friday deals that so many WordPress businesses are participating in, are they actually deals? So um, uh, a gentleman, uh, man, I'd, uh, I forget his uh, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he does WPRaccoon.com. And uh, he's actually part of uh, Visual Composer team in uh, Cloudways. But he actually maintains... Uh, a WordPress, he's got a plugin pricing document that he's been maintaining now for the past few months. And he's been sharing updates about it on the WordPress for Business Facebook group. So he was actually in a prime position to be able to look at the prices he has in his document and compare them to the Black Friday deals. And it turns out that a lot of companies are uh, giving you special offers when it doesn't really appear that they're actually that special when you compare the before and after uh, discount prices when Black Friday is concerned. And he also discovered that there were companies that increased their prices earlier on in the month of November and then provided a Black Friday deal. But at the end, it really wasn't a deal. So this is just something that's going on. I, I wanted to bring this up because, uh, you know, we talk about if you're running a business, we talk about user trust, right? You want users to trust you. And this to me, if you raising prices, that's not a problem. I don't think anybody will complain or anybody will say raising prices. That's your prerogative as a business. You raise prices when you see fit and that's what you do. But if you're going to raise prices, let's say at the beginning of November and then knowingly participate in Black Friday with a deal that doesn't even seem like a deal or it's you're not even saving as much money as you would if you would have bought it without the Black Friday or earlier in the month, it, it just appears shady. It, it appears knownly untrustworthy. Uh, and I think timing is a big deal here when it comes to raising prices in November and in participating in Black Friday. It's just, it rubs me the wrong way. And I, I don't, uh, you know, people were bringing up that in some countries, this kind of crap is illegal. Like if, if a company has to stick with a certain price for like 28 days before they could do anything with it or whatnot, I think that's a thing in some of these other countries. So, I mean, just to play devil's advocate, because, you know, I like doing that. Um, you have cute horns. <laughs> I mean, what, like, why does anyone feel like they, like, so if you don't like the pricing or if you don't like the deal, why do you get to, like, you can comment on it, but, like, why do you get to tell them what they can and can't do with their pricing? Don't you live in America, the land of freedom? I mean, I, I, I can't tell, I I can't force them to, to, to do whatever, but. I think uh, so. Why does it feel shady to you? Like what? What are like? Are what are they specifically doing to you that makes it shady? Are they like opening their cloak in the back alley, going, "Hey, man, I got this deal for you." Well, well, you to know, me, like, Black Black Friday to me, well, what it has become, day. what has become in uh, in the commercialization of of yes. of, of America, right. uh, it's a day for customers to feel like they're getting the best deal of the year. And it's an opportunity for, for companies before the end of the year to go into the black instead of the red. That's what the whole black Friday thing is all about. But to do that in a way 
to, to actually look into it and see that, well, this ain't a deal. What the hell is this? You know, this isn't, I waited all year for but, this. But here's the funny part about that, right? So you said like Black Friday is about companies getting into the black. And then you you counter, like compare that to companies giving deals to customers. It's really about corporate greed, right? It's It's not about making sure that you, the customer, are happy. It's about making sure the company makes as much money as possible so that they can keep in business and do cool things for another year. So like you're, you're assuming that you deserve the best prices or that like consumers deserve the best prices when the actual like focus of the day is about making sure the company makes as much money as possible. Like you, well, you see the, the, I'm not, the, I'm not assuming I'm expecting you know, <laughs> it's, it's my expectation that today's that the deal I get this black Friday deal is the best deal and the best price I'm going to get on this product for the entire it, year. But it might be the best one that you're going to get until the next Black Friday next year, right? Like if they've raised their prices and now they've lowered lowered them arbitrarily for this single day back to what they did before, if they keep those higher prices for the rest of the year, then they didn't really do anything shady. They just raised their prices and then reduced them back to what they were temporarily so that you had one last crack at getting the old price before they raise it permanently. No, I, I was looking at some of these uh, sites that are mentioned in this list and I was checking out their pricing pages. I can't tell you heads or tails. What the hell the original price is on these things anymore. They've got, they've got crossed out prices. They've got sale prices. They've got black Friday FOMO. You're going to miss out if you don't act now prices. I have no idea what the hell the original price is on these things. And then, and then the funny part is, you is that intended? Yes, it is. Price confusion is completely intended um, because what they want you to do is they want they to want... psychologically get me to give them money yeah, and, they, and they want me to fear of missing out that they want me to think that this is the best it's going to be that now is the time to act. And you and better I don't pick act the biggest now, plan. Yeah. You better, you better pick the biggest thing because otherwise you're not getting the best deal. Yeah. Um, but, and by the way, speaking of that, of the, of the price and pages, I did see the cheapest, the cheapest plan that they had, exact same price, no sale, no nothing. But for all the other tiers, you can save. Apparently, you could save a little bit of money. <laughs> and the, the joke of this whole thing, I want to give away is, for free. The, the joke of this whole thing for me is, so what happens on Monday? Uh, right? We're Cyber Monday. Friday. Let's raise yes. prices. <laughs> well, and, and the so the joke is Cyber Monday, right? And this whole idea that oh, okay, you buy all your digital stuff on Monday, you buy all your physical stuff on Friday. Oh, well, yeah, that's the way it was supposed to be, but it hasn't that's turned not out what ended up way. happening. So now, now what we receive is just twice as many bloody emails about sales. Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. so annoying. And on top of that, Black Friday has turned into Black November. I know, I know, and it just keeps getting longer, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, and now I just. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, like I said on Twitter, I'm thankful that I'm in a position to where Black Friday means nothing to me. I, I'm not a, I'm not out there looking for a Black Friday deal on a TV, on a WordPress plugin, on hosting or anything of that nature. It's just another day for me, and I just get to sit back and drink, uh, drink a coffee, and not have to worry about traffic. I, you know, I, I have a few times in my life I've gone out. Just to do it just for fun, not really to go shopping, but just to experience it. And it is an experience to go out on Black Friday shopping. It's uh, most of the time it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Uh, being in a Home Depot at 5 a.m. and people are just crashing into you with carts, getting all their goods. That's something. <laughs> I'm glad I actually got to witness that one time. Uh, going inside the mall at 3 a.m. That was fun. But other than that, you know, I just, whew, 
Black Friday is a thing I hope that I don't have to mess with. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just um, I think it's a note to consumers that, you know, maybe just in the back of your head, just I wonder, are you really getting the best deal? I mean, yeah, best deal at that so, time, maybe. So I'm, I'm curious. Have you at, at no point you thought, hmm, should I run a WP mainline Black Friday deal for subscriptions or advertising or anything else? Well, I, it, my smart ass self was going to run a Black Friday uh, special this week where uh, people save no money. It was just the same price. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you didn't raise prices, right? Yeah, exactly. I, I got that going for me. But no, I thought about it. I thought maybe doing a Black Friday, but no. Nope, not going to do it. All right. Just interesting. Uh, any, any, any Black Friday deals going on over there at uh, Press Titan? <laughs> no. I mean, we're so bad at that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> we, we don't do like marketing or special promos or anything like that. I mean, at one point for like a couple of years back, like three years back, I thought, I think that we were going to like try to do like a low value offer to try to like build trust and confidence by like, and it was going to be like, not just, a, it wasn't going to be like a specific day or anything like that. It was going to be just a long-term, like, here's our low price offer. So you can kind of get to know us and see if we're, we're half decent. Um, and we ended up like canceling it after like three months because all the people that it was attracting were not really the people that would be interested in uh, other services anyways. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. If, if a company has a product or service, that's on sale, but it's on sale for the entire year, it seems, is it really a sale or is that their price? Well, so it becomes, it's a marketing thing, right? So they're hoping that you haven't seen their sale price before. And they probably put like a cookie on your computer. So like, you know, you see those repeating countdowns, right? If you clear out your cash and cookies and you go back to a website and the countdown's now like 10 days until this sale is over and you clear your cookies like two days later and it's like 10 days until this sale is over. I mean, they do that on purpose to try to get that scarcity mindset going so that you're willing to like pull the trigger without actually kind of thinking through your purchasing decisions. I mean, all this stuff is like marketing 101, and so when I say, yeah, like, I, I know it, I know it that, must, like, work, I must, it must work because all these websites are, are doing the damn thing. Yeah. And, and actually like, like I, I went to a, just before the show, I went to two websites uh, to view the pricing pages and they were hitting me with FOMO. I've got two mm-hmm. days and so many hours to take advantage of this offer. And when I clicked on the X or was getting near the exit on the tab, it gave me a big banner saying, no, don't go. And then in the bottom <laughs> left-hand corner, it was telling me people's names and locations of people who bought this and that. Yeah. Uh, in the right-hand corner, I've got um, some ch- chat support reps saying, hey, uh, you interested in that? Well, how can we help you spend your money here? I mean, I was, I was bombarded, man. Yeah, it's brutal. I was, I was in a psychological nightmare on that website. And you have to ask yourself, right? Like, is it really like for certain things, is it really valuable for them to do this? Like, are they truly making enough money to like warrant this kind of hard sell or this kind of like emotional manipulation? Like if they're making like 30 bucks off of me, like, is that really enough to be doing this and potentially like annoying however many other people that they could have potentially sold to? Like, I just the whole thing is yeah. so strange to me. I don't, yeah. I don't understand marketing the same way as, as I think a lot of other companies do. And, you know, and I'll ask you, and this is something Carl Hancock was talking about, that the FOMO that I was mentioning, the, 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 you visit a website and boom, it shows if you don't purchase within a certain amount of time, you know, you, you can't get access to this price or that deal. What, what do you think about that? That's, that's totally tapping into the, the, the mindset of consumers. And it's art of, and most of the time, it's artificial FOMO. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, 
it's it's using the exact same like it's no, should, know, should Carl, that kind of crap be illegal well probably carl carl points this out but the the funny part is like if you go to gravity forms right now and you look at their black friday page they have a countdown on their website as well now <laughs> no it's not going to reset magically and it's not going to be this permanent price discount and this like trickery or or like kind of you know gray hat marketing emotional manipulation what's thing. the countdown say uh, six what? days, sixteen hours, eleven minutes. Oh, so, so they say, yeah, first. So yeah, yeah Black Friday week or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like these sales are getting longer and longer. These opportunities are there. Everyone's using these countdown timers, whether or not they're real countdown timers. Like everyone's doing this, and they. I they, mean, I mean, does the consumer at the end of the day, with all this going on, does the consumer actually win? Are they getting? the better end of the stick on all this. I mean, sometimes, sometimes they are. I think that that the company actually kind of shoots themselves in the, in the foot a little bit, because if I'm, if I see this sale, right, the elite version of gravity forms is $129 American right now. Normally it's $259. When this sale is done, if I didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason, maybe I didn't have money in my bank account until January 1st kind of thing. Right now come January 1st, I'm going to go, well, I'm going to wait till they run another sale. Right. Like they've now devalued their product in my mind to the point where I'm going to wait until it's like around that same price again before I purchase. And I might might forget about it in the interim and never purchase the elite version of Gravity Forms because I'm waiting for this magical sale to happen again. And it might never happen again. And so- guess what? You 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 didn't read the post that they published back in November saying at the beginning of the new year we're gonna raise prices. <laughs> right. And so then <laughs> and then it's even worse. Right now I'm now I'm really kicking myself and I'm also going, well, I'm not going to pay 289 or whatever the heck the new price is. I'm definitely going to wait for a sale now. So these, these kinds of games, especially in terms of software, you have to be very careful of. Um, when I used to sell advertising on um, uh, Splash Press Media's websites way back in the day, oh, in the early days of blogging. That's a name. I know, right? Um, you know, it was, it was one of those funny things where depending on the client, like I, I went out and I sent all these emails to these different businesses that I knew advertised on blogs in like the WordPress space or in the technology space. And they wouldn't even talk to me until I added another zero on the end of the price. Right. Because it was all about the wow. value that I was presenting yeah. and not about the true value of what I was offering. Um, because value is a perception, right? It's what, what is the most amount of money that someone's willing to pay? So when you put something in front of someone for 200 bucks, or you put something in front of someone for $2,000, it's a very different value proposition that they assume. It's not, it's not necessarily a tangible, like understandable thing is gravity forms worth $300. Is it worth $600? Is it worth a thousand dollars? I think it probably is. Is it worth $129? Heck yeah, man. You guys should be like clicking by now on that all day long, but like, they, 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 I, like, I don't even know that they know what their maximum price actually is or what that turn rate. I mean, is. I mean, how many of us, even as individuals actually know what our value is? Oh no. I, I, yeah, I agree, but we don't necessarily have the same sales data, right? Like you and I are not selling ourselves every day where we can kind of start to build an understanding of our value in, in that, in, in the wider marketplace. So, yeah, that, I mean, when I was, when I was coming up with like prices on member subscription memberships and stuff like that, advertising for WP mainline, I was talking to my good buddy, Bob WP, Bob Dunn, yep. do the woo. Uh, yes, I got one in there. I was talking to him and he said, man, just experiment. He said, just put, put the prices of what you need, what you feel you need. You can get by, you can make a living on and just base it on that and then experiment. He says, you know, the, the worst thing that can happen is, you know, you just have to change your prices. So right. I, I've been kind of sticking with that and it's, it's worked so far. And uh, to wrap up the show, you know, you're, you're so hyped on Gravity Forms. You know why it is. 
because back in 2009 at WordCamp Chicago, they bought you. They should, they gave you a preview <laughs> of what it was and hook, line and sinker, baby, they got you. And I only, and I, and I joke, I kid, I bring that up because last night on Twitter, uh, some folks, we started talking about uh, WordCamp Dallas, the first WordCamp Dallas, which was in Frisco, Texas, where uh, Matt Mullowey showed up on a Saturday as he just, he just had his wisdom teeth pulled, but that was my first ever WordCamp. And then we we're somehow we got up to WordCamp Chicago in 2009 and WordCamp Chicago 2009 was a big deal because that's when Matt Mullowey announced commercial uh, commercial themes would be added to the WordPress theme directory if they were 100% GPL, which then led into all of the discussions with Brian Gardner and Jason Schuler and Corey Miller of iThemes and yeah. a bunch of other theme shops with Matt Mullowey saying, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be 100% GPL? Can we do this? Can we do that? And uh, so that was a big deal, but it was also a big deal. And there are pictures of this in the Rocket Genius Flickr account. And uh, I have a few on my account, I believe, where you can actually see Carl Hancock and the Rocket Genius team showcasing gravity forms to Matt Mullawag, Mark Ghosh, uh, and some other folks, including uh, Malcolm Peralta, who at the time was a big boy with curly hair. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he got to see it firsthand. And, that was really cool because I remember those days and I said, man, I looked at it and I looked at the interface and I said, you guys nailed it. This is going to be a big deal. This is going to be a popular product. And, um, you know, I take no credit in, in being right, but, <laughs> but, but hey, it, it has served them well over the years and it continues to be one of the top form solutions in WordPress. And uh, at, at one point you actually got to work for Racket Genius. I did. Yeah. For like two years. It was great. Do you, you remember? Do you remember that event, WordCamp Chicago? Any any fond memories of that event? Um, I mean, that was that was back in the B five media days. Jeez, yeah. I, uh, you know, I didn't really get to attend many WordCamps in my career. As I've mentioned before, I've I've been very much kind of a, a heads down doing my work kind of WordPress user or WordPress whatever. Um, but that was that was certainly an event for the times. And, uh, you know, I'm so glad I was there because I think that really did end up kind of putting me as a front runner for being, you know, part of their uh, customer support team and helping out with some early marketing and stuff like that. And I just, uh, I feel so grateful that, you know, I attended that event. And uh, yeah, I remember there was, there was so many, like, I look back at the pictures and I'm like, I wonder what happened to this person and that person. Cause there's oh, a lot yeah. of like the, yep you know, the, the big names in WordPress at the time who have gone off and done other things. And so it's, it's always interesting to kind of go back and look at it. Like uh, Mika Baldwin. I got a picture of him. He was there. He was, he was a, he was a big deal at the time. And uh, you know, I was, I was looking at pictures like of, of Corey Miller and, and, and Brad Williams and we looked like kids in yeah. 2009 <laughs> and me, I, I, I look like uh uh, me of today looked like I ate 2000 me, 2009 me. I don't, I mean, I don't know what happened. Oh man. The years have not COVID. been kind to me. Yeah. yeah it's, all, COVID. it's all COVID's fault, but man, we're camps, 2009, 2010, big time. I still got a picture of the, of the screenshot on the projector. It said commercial GPL themes on the director or whatnot. Like the announcement, man, that was, that was a big deal. And then that launched into all the GPL debates and, and arguments and things of 2010, 2011. Boy, that, those were good times. Easy page views, GPL. <laughs> that's, that's what it turned out to be. Anyways, it was kind of cool looking back on that. I'm like a WordPress historian for some of those times and meetings and 
things I've been able to take advantage of. So it's always, always fun for me to, to bring all that stuff up and reminisce. Yeah. Um, so there you go. And before we go, um, it's Thanksgiving for me. So let me say, let's see, what am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for Smokey. I'm thankful for medication that works for anxiety attacks. I'm thankful for all of the people out there who check up on me on a, on a regular basis on Twitter and uh, so on the various social media. I'm thankful for, for Malcolm for being able to put up with me and my jokes and co-hosting the show with me on a weekly basis. And uh, what else am I? I'm thankful for WordPress and its community and everyone who has uh, been able to financially support me or just support me in general. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm thankful for what else am I thankful for? Oh, heated car seats. Those things are awesome. You ever have a heated car seat? Oh my God, dude. It's so nice. I live in Canada. I mean, you kind of have to. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I know your Thanksgiving was in is, uh, was a month ago, but, uh, I don't think I ever asked you what you were thankful for. Well, so off the top I, of your head. Yeah. I mean, do, I'm do the very, obvious. Your wife. Very thankful for my wife. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, we, we have a wonderful house with a wonderful dog. My mom lives with us and, and uh, she takes the lion's share of cooking dinners for us that are just absolutely amazing. I mean, otherwise we'd really be just kind of eating a lot of like frozen. Um, yeah, you spend so much time doing work and everything else, man. Work, uh, yeah. Food cooking. I mean, you gotta, you gotta have, you got to have yeah. time. So the, the support that we get is amazing. Um, where we live right now, my, my, my jobs like uh, press Titan and Canberra creative and the people there have been so supportive. Um, you know, the, the societal change My you know, the biggest thing I'm thankful for actually this year is the societal change that we're seeing in terms of being able to talk about mental health. Um, you know, I, I, I never thought as a teenager that the world that we lived in would get to the point where we could talk about this stuff without being, you know, shamed for it or just told to like, you know, just think positive. <laughs> and, and so I'm, I'm most thankful for that change um, because it's meant a lot to me and I, I hope it has meant a lot to you as well. Yeah. And it's kind of weird when I made the announcement on Twitter and I apologized and I said, this is what happened. You know, I had quite a few people liking that tweet and telling me, Hey, that was really um, uh, strong or it was really um what's the word I'm looking for? Brave. It was really brave of you for to come out and, and to say that. And I said, I, it doesn't even feel brave to me. I'm just telling you what happened, <laughs> you know, but I don't know for a lot of other people, I guess they didn't, ex- they, I guess they don't expect people to just come out and say, this is what happened. They had an attack and no showed this. I, I don't know. You know, it's just, I mean, that's just what happened. So, but if it helps others, if it inspires others, or if it makes others feel as though they can say these things and you know, I'd, I guess that's a, it's a positive thing. Yep. So with that, that's going to do it for this Turkey edition of uh, the WP mainline podcast. You can find show notes for this episode and all other episodes on WPMainline.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeffro J E F F R zero and Malcolm, sir. Uh, you can find me at find purpose on Twitter. And if you need anything, you can always find me through presstitan.com or Camber creative. So everybody have a safe, enjoyable holidays. Uh, you know, sucks for Malcolm. He already had his, so it's our turn, but think of it this way, Malcolm, you'll have at least three or four, maybe five days of quietness from the U S side of things, which, you know, maybe you'll appreciate. 
<laughs> we'll all be we'll we'll all be quiet for the next few days, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, it is what it is. I'll make it work. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you again next Friday afternoon. So long, everybody. <laughs>